Father, as we just come around your word this morning, Father, just prepare our hearts to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There are Kairos moments in ministers' lives. They're the sort of Kairos moments you don't want, but you get. And that is you prepare all week to say something. And you get up on Sunday morning and you know that you know that you know you can't preach the sermon that you prepared. Well then that point is you then get to a manic position of what on earth do you do? And you, most ministers head straight for their filing cabinet where they've got all their old stuff uh, and try and rejig and make it sound as if it's new. Uh, and do it and it happens many times. There are many ministers. And I got up this morning and know that I could not, could not, could not do Magnificent sermon, Janet, that would have blown your socks away this morning. You would have been dancing all week. But unfortunately, I, I really knew in my spirit that I could not do it. Basically, I knew, just knew I couldn't. And I spoke to, and I spoke to Kevin this morning. And I spoke to Pastor, uh, Pastor I, spoke to Kevin this, I spoke to Kevin this morning. Well, it might be a new pastor. He spoke to Kevin this morning. And I just said, I just, 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 just. Just feel I can't, can't do this. And um, that song has just, oh, let the Son of God unfold you, thank you, just typified of what I wanted to say this morning about God's amazing, amazing love. And as I thought about it, God gave me that verse again. One of my favorite verses is in Ephesians chapter 3. And you know, I've just read it today. And um, I sat in my office for a few moments and thought, yeah, okay, if I can't do this sermon, then I really need to, to have something from God. And so basically, I'm just here, and just going to say a few things, and I'll allow God's Holy Spirit to minister. Or let the Son of God enfold you with His love. If I had ask you a question, what's one thing every human being needs to have? What would it be? For me, it's love. Every human being needs to understand and experience love. But unfortunately, for me, the word love has been twisted. It no longer means what it used to mean years ago. Society has changed in its description. Ministers struggle now with the, the whole concept of, of what love is. We have the biblical sense of love. And you know, one of my favourite bands, Jane, wrote often songs about love. What's the most popular theme in the world is what? It's love, isn't it? No, seriously, come on, it's love. The Beatles sang all you. They also sang can't buy me. Thank you, did not love, love me too. We can go on. I was sitting on a bus one day and I heard this song and uh, the, the, the guy said it's called From the Love Affair. And I thought, oh yeah. Uh, and the song was... Thank you. And you know what? I thought about that this morning and I thought, do you know what? The world needs everlasting love. You see, love is not a human concept. Human is a divine concept. Because God is love. 
It's his characteristic. You see, God doesn't have to love. He chooses to love. Isn't that amazing? And in Ephesians chapter 3, I think the thing might still be, uh, it is here. Ephesians 3 actually says about how Paul wants us to experience everlasting love. He doesn't want to experience in that sense the physical love is, is another type of love which we can have. And then, of course, there's the family love. There's friendship type of love. But Paul says the greatest concept you will ever receive is God's everlasting love. And Paul says, listen, my response to God's amazing love is to get down on my knees before the Father. This magnificent Father. Why is he so magnificent? Because God chooses to love you. He's holy. He doesn't have to love us. He chooses to love us. Oh, let the Son of God enfold you. As you sit down in your office head, as the days are closing by, I want you to know that whatever happens in life, my everlasting love is going to be with you. Your friendship is going to end because you're going to, to leave that, that uh, civil service place. You're going to move on somewhere. But I want you to know this. Everlasting love stays with us. But Paul says, do we actually understand and know it? And I'm asking to strengthen you by his spirit. Why does God want you to know his amazing love? Well, first of all, he wants you to be strengthened by that love. Strengthened. That word strengthen means just to be hold of. You've got a grip on someone who can strengthen you, lift you up, encourage you, and stability. He wants to strengthen you. And he talks about, too, he talks about a foundation. Going deep, 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 deep into the foundations. To be strengthened by God's amazing love. And he uses two syllables. He uses one by a building. And when I was in All Nations and Reading, we had a building project, and the building project was going to take just a few months to do, and basically the engineer came out and said to Billy, Billy, I want this work to be stopped right now, your foundations are not strong enough. But listen, six months later, the foundations were firmly secured. And Paul talks about this in Ephesians chapter 3, he wants your foundation to be strong and secure. In Christ, whatever hangs in life, do we know that the love of God is just able to sustain and strengthen us through whatever comes and whatever is lies before us? Is it God's amazing love that spurs us on? Or are we hanging on to something else? Paul says, I'd love you to know and be strengthened, he said, in your inner might. Of this amazing, amazing love. I want you to reach out to God. I want to ask you this morning, seriously. Have you taken what God has said in his word, literally? That God sent his son into the world. That he might buy us back into relationship with Jesus. The Bible makes it abundantly clear that God's amazing love is demonstrated purely through a cross. It's not in the lovely miracles that he's done. And there were great miracles. It's not in his marvelous teachings. As great as his teachings were there. 
C.S. Lewis says this, that if you're, if you're thinking about his wonderful teaching and you're thinking about his wonderful miracles, to draw a conclusion upon God, he says you don't have that luxury. God has not given us the luxury to say that Jesus is a great man. Or Jesus did wonderful things. Well, you don't have that luxury. The Father has sent his Son that you and I might experience the love of God. That is where everything will hinge on. The love of God. I want you to be strengthened in your inner might. That inner might in here. I want that to be underpinned like a foundation that is strong and secure. And I want it to be love. Divine love. How many people in a wedding have that song? Love thee. Or loves. Excelling. Joy of heaven. On earth come down. Christmas story is just an amazing story of God's love. But it draws you to an Easter story. God has not given us that luxury of just thinking about Jesus as a good man or great teacher. We have to make a decision to invite him in to this amazing love. Have you invited Jesus into your heart and experience the amazing love of God. The second thing Paul wants you to know in Ephesians chapter 3, not only does he want you to strengthen, but he wants you to be able to reach out and experience it. Do you know Sarah Smith can experience the full fullness of God's love. How? By trust. And what is trust? Trust is one to think that the person that you are trusting in or whatever you are looking at is number one, real. Faith says that God is real. Two, faith says that you can trust God. If you want to know what faith is, it's one, that this, whatever you are believing in is real. Two, it's trustworthy. And three, it's a relationship. For instance, Rob says to me, because we know Eunice, she's a bit tight and she's, she's not giving Rob his full pocket money. And Rob says to me, Pastor, can you give me a fiver? <laughs> so, I say to Rob here, I've had a same book like you for six months. And I gave Rob the fiver, and Rob says, Listen, I'll pay you back next week. <laughs> now, I give Rob the fiver on the basis of faith and trust. Faith because God, faith because Rob is real. And two, I believe he's trustworthy. And three, I have a relationship with him. So I'm waiting for next Sunday coming around for my fiver. <laughs> but the Lord takes Rob home on Saturday night. It's not a prophecy, Rob. So has Rob dented my faith in him? 
No, he hasn't. He hasn't. Because I know that if Rob was here, he would have given me my money. My faith is not based on circumstances because Rob isn't here on the Sunday to give me that money. Rob, for me, was real. He was trustworthy. And I have a relationship with him. And I want to ask you this morning, is God real? Is God real? Is God trustworthy? Do you have a relationship with him? Therefore, cast all your cares upon him and cast your faith upon him this morning because that is all that God asks us to do this morning. Let the love of God surround you because one, he's real. Two, he's trustworthy. Three, I can do abundantly more than you dare. Think or ask. Finally, in all seriousness, do we experience this fullness of God's amazing love? Do we know its length, its breadth, its height, and the depth? I've read so many commentaries on it. God spoke to me this morning in that sense and says, that's the greatest fullness of God I can give you. Down there. Because when I sent my son down into this world, and you invited him into your life, you received the fullness of God. The problem is how do I experience and continue to experience that fullness? That's where Paul said, let us, let us bow before the near the Father. Let us invite him to experience that amazing love this morning. How do I do it? I'm going to ask you, is God really, real in your life? Is he worth trusting? What kind of relationship do you have with him? Do I believe that God is able to do abundantly more than I dare think of us? Do I? You see, that would be based on how much I trust Him. How much He's real. But most of all, again, how much have I got a relationship with Him? There are certain people in this life who you will trust more than others. They're real. But I think it's based on the third one. Relationship. I want to ask you what kind of relationship do you have with God? So I'm going to read that passage of the message again as we come to a close. And I'm asking those people on YouTube to stay on duty. David will not close YouTube down this morning. He will stay it on because there will be an announcement made. Well, let us take our Bible in Ephesians chapter 3. <coughs> let us read Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to read from verse... 11. All this is proceed. Let's start actually from verse 10. Through followers of Jesus. And that's what we are, aren't we? Have not, is that not what we have been talking about for the last few months in our series? Our mandate is to continue being a follower of Jesus. Not to use the word Christian in that extent, but to use the word I'm a follower of Jesus. All this through following of Jesus like yourselves, gathered in churches, 
gathered in churches. This extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. All this is proceeding along the lines planned all along by God and then executed in Christ Jesus when we trust him. Who can you see? All of God's plans are very much dependent on whether we trust him. So he has to be real. We have to have a relationship to trust him. God's great plan for you, Janet, all depends whether you can. And when we trust him, we are free to say whatever needs to be said. And I like that. That gives us boldness because to speak whatever needs to be said, bold to go wherever we need to go. So don't let my present trouble on your behalf get you down. Do this. My response is to get down on my knees before the Father. This magnificent Father who parcels out all heaven and earth. Or as the, the other version says, whom all the earth is firmly fitted together. If you want the, the old English version. Whom all the earth is fitted together. Both in heaven and in earth. I'm asking him to strengthen you all by his spirit. Strengthen what I talked about this morning. Will you underpin your foundations in the spirit this morning? It's not a brute strength. It's a glorious inner strength. Hallelujah. It comes from within. Oh, let the Son of God unfold. Give Him all your tears and sadness. And let Him. Let Him. His glorious inner strength. That Christ. That's sovereign. Christ will live that society. Where does Christ want to live this morning? In you. That Christ might dwell in you. That Christ may dwell in you. We had two lovely people who came to the uh, Birmingham uh, Commonwealth Games. And the very last moment they, 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 they phoned me up. And asked, listen, we don't want to go home. It's been a long journey. Is there any possibility staying with you that night? And I, uh, I didn't consult someone I should have consulted. I lived to tell the tale. <laughs> but anyway, I said you'll be delighted to stay. I then ring someone who thought, oh. Anyway, being gracious, everything was prepared and they stayed. And we showed them their bedrooms. But I would not have expected them to go round into my bedroom, pulling my drawers up. I'm one about drawers, pulling my drawers. Doing it. I would not expect them to go around the house thinking they could just, they could stay and they could have that room. But they're guests, aren't they? You see? It's different when I was going through my pockets every day. She says it's to put my clothes in the washing machine. I'm not convinced, but I will buy into it. 
Okay, but in other words, Alma has access to go through our house as you have got access to go through all of your house because you dwell there. You're not a guest. And Christ is saying, is that how I'm treated? That Christ might dwell, be a permanent place in your heart. And if we want this amazing love of God, it's down to inviting God to become sovereign and to take a seat. That Christ who is sovereign might dwell, that's the seat, in your world, that's the source. So that Christ who is sovereign may dwell, the seat, in your heart, that is a source. And that you may be able to comprehend, to understand with all the saints of God what his length, height, depth, width and glorious love of God is. Because I've invited him. He's my sovereign Lord. I placed him in the seat of my heart. Where my source is. Is he trustworthy? Is he real? Do you have a relationship with him this morning? Because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me. In where? He restoreth my soul. Because he's at the sacred sovereign source of my life. Does he dwell? Is he a permanent guest in your heart or is he someone you just call on when things go wrong? That Christ may dwell in your hearts. Rounded by faith, that foundation I pour from this morning, so that you can experience God's amazing love. Or let the Son of God unfold. Give Him all your tears and sadness. Give Him all your years of pain. And He promises to come and do a healing work this morning. God is. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me?